This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing and living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. All right, welcome to the Saturate Podcast. My name is Jared Pickney, and I'm here with uh, my dear friend, Brad Watson. Brad, how is L.A.? Uh, L.A. is great. Yeah, I'm glad we're like back together doing this podcast. It feels it's been like it's time. been too long. Yeah, and I miss you. Uh, I've forsaken my you know awesome high-rise apartment or office space where we used to do these recordings for now like this closet in a church building in Los Angeles, which is, uh, you know, it's humbling. And so I would say that's, that's basically how the move to LA has been. It's just really humbling. It's, you know, it's reveals, I don't know, just so much about your own self-esteem or self-worth um, to move. Like, yeah, like I've, you know, I liked going places and people knowing who I was all the time and bumping into folks in life in Portland. And now, yeah, nobody nobody cares about me. And I think that's a common mm-hmm. experience in Los Angeles is, you know, people are, are busy and just, you know, driving away, doing their stuff. But is that why yeah. you like listening to, um, is it Laney? Is that the band? That's What's a, that song? Where's my yeah. Where are all my friends? And it's about yeah. living in L.A. with no friends. <laughs> that's exact. That song it means so much more. That's now. why you go to concerts with sixteen year olds to watch them. It's all about that. It's all about that song. And he's, he just <laughs> he, he reaches into your soul like nobody oh, else. That I told you that story in so much confidence, but uh, <laughs> now it's now it's out there in the public domain. <laughs> I have gone to a concert with a bunch of like preteens. Took took our well, mission. You were, ta- you were taking your kids, right? No, no, not my kids. It was me and my wife and several other mid thirty year olds. And we arrived to find out that most people were 16 or younger. So, you know, it's just my musical taste. But it was uh, it was well worth it. It was fun. And if you out there have not heard of the band Laney, L-A-N-Y, it's like L.A. New York. Uh, you should totally look them up on Spotify because they're tons of fun. Yes. Happy music. The world needs more happy music. They do. I agree with that. Well, hey, let me ask you this, bro. I know... Uh, most people listening probably could care less about our musical preferences. And so let's just hop into our topic of discussion for this podcast. Um, for us early on as a church, we experienced that it seemed a lot of our people had confusion around what it means to be an MC leader, in particular what MC leaders are actually called to do. Mm-hmm. And so the more I talked to other pastors across the country, the more I've discovered this wasn't just an issue that we experienced, but something that many churches um, are seeking clarity in as they seek to make disciples in the context of missional communities. So I guess my question is for you, um, have you personally experienced this confusion within churches that you've been a part of? And if so, what do you personally think we can do to gain some clarity around the role of what an MC leader is and, and what they should do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I the first part, definitely experienced that. You know, I think one of the things that we're primarily faced with 
as we try to multiply communities and multiply disciples is, is raising up leaders and, and seeing people shaped and formed as leaders. But then confusion just about what leadership means causes many people to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I love being part of this, but I don't actually want to be a leader. Uh, that happens, I think, all the time, even since I've been here in L.A. and I've been working with missional communities have heard often people say, yeah, we'd love for this person to be a leader, but they're just kind of like not, sh- they don't want that title or that role. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it, it speaks to a much bigger problems. So kind of in the way that we've tried to give clarity there is leadership is a strange thing in American culture uh, because the position of leadership is so idolized right. um, much more than just the role of leadership and the role of leadership is neglected. And so I think one of the ways that gets expressed, you know, as many people push their children to be leaders of the pack, you know, people hold their children back in school so that their kids will be the oldest and the most influential and the strongest of the mm-hmm. kids so that they can be, quote unquote, a leader uh, to the point that the ambition of leadership uh, and for those who lead is what's prestigious just in the title only. Um, I think even, you know, say what you will about the particular candidates and their policies from the last presidential election. But it was very clear that both candidates just wanted to be the president. Uh, They didn't they wanted to have that title. They wanted to go down as, you know, either the first female to be president or, you know, add it to a long list of things that, you know, that Donald Trump had conquered. You know, that that seems to be to be liked, to be loved and to be the leader, not to actually do live or serve the country in this particular leadership role. Um, And so I think leadership is just an obsession that we have uh, that's not just help unhealthy leadership. It's just not leadership at all. So there's a leadership void. And I think all of that sort of fills into the lives of the people in our church. And then I think on the sort of the flip side, the people who are like, no, I don't want to be a leader. I don't want that sort of evil motivation. Uh, you know, they become distorted as as the way that they follow. So mm-hmm. leaders are viewed as the primary problem solvers for every leadership issue that you have. Uh, followers view the leaders like uh, someone going to a restaurant views their waitress or waiter. Uh, I put an order in and I'm going to wait here until you serve it. And if it doesn't arrive promptly or if it's not exactly what I ordered or if it doesn't taste quite right, I have the right to kind of send it back or mm. walk out of the restaurant. And I think that is like very pervasive in our <laughs> in, in Christian communities. Uh, you know, it's like my pastor, my missional community leader is supposed to fulfill my life, supposed to shepherd me in every problem and crisis. Mm-hmm. And if I am not a disciple at the end of this, you know, week or month, then I have the right to criticize, refuse and walk away. And so that dynamic, I think, definitely plays in a part of people saying, no, I, I don't want to be the leader of that, especially when I think people are look at their busy, full lives And they say, well, I can't take on the role of making sure everyone that's involved in this community is connected and has friends and has this socially vibrant life. I can't take on that responsibility as well. Or, you know, a leader is supposed to provide perfect biblical counsel and care for every marriage, emotional, financial need, even, you know, romantic sexual struggles. I can't take on all of that. Or, you know, leaders are supposed to guarantee that everyone follows Jesus and people become Christians. Mm. And so I think in light of all of that, um, you know, sadly, most people 
just sort of walk away from leadership entirely because they know that their followers, so to speak, will consume them. And I think, sorry, just to kind of go even deeper, I think that's how we view Jesus as a leader too, Mm -hmm. Uh, that he's a service provider to fix, help, and aid our perceived needs. Uh, And it goes, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, distance that many people put between themselves and like a prosperity gospel. But fundamentally, even in the most conservative, even reformed churches, we view Jesus that way as, as the answer key to any of our perceived needs. Uh, when in fact, Jesus isn't a leader like that at all. You know, the true picture of leadership is Jesus uh, as the servant king who comes to make truth clear through his words, through his stories, through his actions. He comes to call people to repentance and faith. Uh, he's also okay with people walking away, which is shocking. Um, he allowed talented, rich, popular people to not follow him. Uh, he didn't chase them down the street saying, no, 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 please, please, what can I do to keep you around? Mm. Um, he also allowed people to make big mistakes, to misunderstand him, to betray him. Uh, and he came essentially to pour his life out for others. He came as a servant king. Mm. And so I think, I don't know, all of that to say, that's really where I start, where people come and they're confused with leaders. I know that's that's a super big picture, but... I think we have to understand the clarity around what the problem is. It's not simply, oh, we need to make a new leadership, you know, role description, or, you know, we need to have more sign-up sheets for leaders. I think fundamentally within the church and within our culture, leadership is distorted. And so, unfortunately, all the stuff that goes on in leadership at work, at school, you know, in our communities is mirrored in our churches when they're supposed to look very different. And so, I don't know, those are my two cents on yeah. on what it means to be a, a leader. Yeah, that's that's good. So, start with first off just redefining what a leader is according to what we would learn from the scriptures and not from the world. And so, I mean, I would amen yeah. all of that. I think our listeners would as well. Yes, a leader is someone who's going to take initiative for the benefit of others, right? For the good of yeah. others and the glory of God. Um, Mm -hmm. so let me ask you this though, because that's just the posture of what every Christian should be taking, right? I mean, all of us should be seeking to be servants, uh, even Mm -hmm. servant leaders to some extent. So how can you know if you're actually called to lead an MC then? Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I think that's the perfect progression because I think obviously not everyone is called to that. Um, and I think, yeah, and that's a huge part of even the the formula, so to speak, of multiplication. You know, you need called and equipped leaders uh, to, you know, lead a community towards a mission. And I think that that calling piece is is really beautiful to me. I, I think sometimes it feels very mysterious, like, oh, there needs to be a burning bush. Uh, God needs to make me look at the stars. Um, he needs to, you know, shoot me with a ray of light so that I fall off my horse and I'm blinded for debt, you know, like that, because those are the big stories and the scripture of calling. Absolutely. Um, I think that we often, uh, miss the subtle pictures throughout the story of what it means to be called into something. Uh, I, I'm one of those strong believers that most of the calling is, is really burden based. Like people come to this point where, it's not just a, I might want to do that or I desire to do that, but it becomes this oughtness that mm-hmm. I I ought to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's essentially like three big callings or ways that God calls leaders. 
Uh, one is a, a shepherding burden that they're just called to shepherd Christians. They're motivated by a desire to see believers grow, experience freedom in the gospel through repentance and faith. Uh, they want to see people understand who they are in Christ. They're always thinking, how can we be a healthy family to where we could actually welcome in non-Christians? You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that we we often see leaders sort of rise up that way, and they're oriented that way, and they just can't take it anymore. They want to see these people cared for. And then I think the other way that God calls people to start missional communities is with a burden for the mission. They they look out at the world, they're, they connect with people uh, in their neighborhood, in their places of work, or in their networks, or whatever it might be, and they're just deeply motivated by the lack of of gospel proclamation or demonstration to the people around them. And so they're always thinking, how can we take these Christians and put them out there in the world? How can we, how can we mobilize, uh, help foster, equip these folks to like know how to ask stories, engage in relationships, speak the gospel, you know, well and eloquently. And, and I think that, that that's often a way that leaders are called into the mission or into leading missional communities is by that that burden for mission. And just sort of side note, this is also, I think, how team leadership works in every missional community. Um, you essentially want to see shepherding leaders and missional leaders in in each leadership team towards a new community. And, and there's a lot of conflict that happens there too, uh, but it's also always really beautiful because you end up having a well-balanced group. And it's not that the shepherding people don't care about non-Christians or missional people don't care about Christians. It's just what their primary drive is towards. And then I would say, you know, lastly, one of the callings, the third calling is because somebody has to, like somebody has to lead. Hmm. Um, It's one of those like leadership is just thrust upon you, you know, like Frodo gets the ring in Lord of the Rings, and he has to be the one that uh, destroys it. And as he gets the ring, you know, and as it becomes clear throughout the the story of the Lord of the Rings that he has the proper character and disposition to do it, and the right people around him. And I and that one that someone has to leave lead really reminds me of David and his whole story of being anointed by uh, Samuel. Uh, he wasn't looking for that. He wasn't aspiring to be it. Uh, but someone came along and said, you're actually going to be the king and we need you to do that. And over time, it's just proven over and over again that he has the perfect character and that the spirit of God made him made him be mm-hmm. uh, the leader for the whole nation. So, yeah, I think that that calling piece, though, is, is huge. Uh, it shows us our motivations. It shows us our struggles. And uh, and, and we shouldn't move on from that too fast. Yeah. And that's so helpful. You know, I think it's so easy to overcomplicate the calling piece. And just one thing I'm reminded of, even as I hear, as I was listening to you talk, Brad, was just the importance of as a pastor and a leader to be prayerfully um, looking for, for people to raise up, but prayerfully seeking to raise them up in the sense that like, we can't give anybody this burden, right? Mm-hmm. Like only the Holy Spirit can do that. And so you really, you truly do need that burden either, as you said, the shepherding burden or the missional burden. And yeah. uh, I think that's, that's the thing that as leaders, we have to be careful not to carry the burden of, of their burden. Does that make sense? Right. Like, oh, oh yeah. we've got to get them there. Like, sure. We cast the vision. Yeah. We 
share the gospel, but pray like crazy that the Holy Spirit will will awaken people's hearts to those things. So that's oh, definitely. very, very helpful, man. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think sometimes the calling that we're looking for on accident is, oh, this person loves organization, so they should be a leader because they can do all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that, that you know, why, do, why are, they, are they called to organize because of mission or because of shepherding? And um, yeah, it, it is. It's really helped me even understand my own life and disposition in churches. Uh, I think, though, yeah, yeah calling, re-clarifying just leaders following is, is huge. But, you know, something that we've talked about, Jared, in the past and something that you've really dove into well in Paragold is how to tangibly address these misconceptions about leadership. You know, how do you actually craft and cast vision for leadership so that people know what they're getting into, but also kind of see this beautiful life of taking an initiative for the benefit of others. So how have you guys helped people come to a true picture of leadership? How have you addressed the misconceptions? Yeah, well, thank you for the conversation that we had. I guess it's been probably two years ago around this idea because at the time, I don't remember how big our church was, but I just remember we had a lot of people in just a few missional communities because we were not able to raise up other leaders. And we realized a big reason for that is because um, there was a, just this huge misconception or several misconceptions around what it means to be a missional community leader. And so, um, Brad, thank you for helping us process that. And so really the four misconceptions that we discovered people take on here and obviously you've experienced as well as as the first misconception is people believe that whenever you're an MC leader, that the growth is all on you. Hmm. The truth is MC leaders are not expected to be gods. We're just expected to be gardeners. And so this is some language that you help us uh, help us to kind of process. And, And what we mean by this is that MC leaders they're only responsible for helping to cultivate an environment where the gospel can grow. And so MC leaders are responsible for, for sure, making sure there's a discussion. They don't necessarily have to lead the discussion, but ensuring there's a discussion where uh, maybe we're able to dive into the scriptures and, and grow in gospel fluency, you know, modeling a life of prayer, repentance and confession, uh, serving others, and then just bringing the people in on that um, mm-hmm. so that they can live within an environment where it's possible to grow. And then just trust yeah. at the end of the day, like if God doesn't bring the rain, then there's not going to be any fruit. And, and that's okay because that's not actually on you. And so that's one of the misconceptions that we tried to address. Uh, the second one that we've discovered within um, our context is, is there was the misconception that MC leaders have to have all the answers. And yeah. so a lot of our people were terrified to lead an MC because they were, you know, they thought as soon as they took on this title of being an MC leader, mm-hmm. that they're meant to be like these spiritual experts. And so we had to be yeah. really clear that, hey, you're not called to be an expert. You're just called to be an example. Mm-hmm. And so you're just called to be a disciple of Jesus. And disciples are not people who have arrived. They're still people who stand in need of Jesus and his grace every single day. And so, you know, you're not meant to be an expert in gospel and community and mission and have all that figured out. But rather, as an MC leader, what we're really calling you to do is just as you're learning how to live and love like Jesus in all of life, just bring other people into your life and allow them to see that. 
um, and mm-hmm. life on life, life on community, and life on mission. Third misconception is we felt like that kept people from what to lead an MC. It was this idea that the buck stops with the MC leader. And so what mm-hmm. we had to be real clear on is, hey, as an MC leader, you are not expected to be a CEO. You're just expected to be a catalyst. And there's a big difference there. Um, as a CEO, mm-hmm. right, like you're responsible for managing and making sure every little detail um, is being executed for the success of the organization. And so that feels really weighty, right? A lot of people are like, I don't think I have the gift to do that. And so we want to be clear right. that, hey, you're not expected to manage and execute all the details, but rather what we're looking for is just for you to help initiate and delegate some of the responsibilities. And so, you know, you and your spouse, you're not the one that has to oversee all of the child care if you have that within a missional community. You're, you're not the one that has to coordinate all the meals. You're not the one that has to pick all the discussions and make yeah. sure that it's perfect and, you know, you know, make sure that every little, uh, you know, element nuance of the mission is exactly the way it should be. And so that's really intimidating for people. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to say early on, about, no, you're just there to, to help delegate responsibilities and try to help um, be someone that's reminding folks that, that you know, here's the goal and, and here's where we're working mm-hmm. towards moving together. And then the final misconception um, that I think that people believe is this idea that that if they're going to lead an MC, they're going to have to be an island to themselves. And so they, they end up in an MC where they're around at least one, two or three other strong, mm-hmm. healthy, energizing couples. And then if they step out to lead an MC, there was this fear that, well, we're going to go lead an MC with a group of people who are really, really needy and we don't have anything in common with and uh, nobody's ever going to pour into us anymore because the MC leader who was invested in us, they're not going to invest anymore. Now we've got to invest in everybody else. So we're in all the pouring out. No one's pouring in. And so what we wanted to be clear on is the truth is, as an MC leader, you and your family are going to be nurtured, not neglected. And so we believe... uh, wholeheartedly here that that churches are only as healthy as their leaders and therefore Mm -hmm. what actually happens whenever you become an MC leader is the pastors um, really become extra committed to your personal uh, relational spiritual and emotional health because um, if you're not healthy you're not taken care of and you're not you don't have a strong community that comes around you then your community is not going to be very strong as well and so Mm -hmm. those are the four misconceptions that we discovered that really kind of kept people from leading an MC because they just didn't have any clarity around what it means to be an MC leader and what the role is and so that's that's the way with your help Brad we try to clarify those things yeah man I I just so love that because I think it it addresses so much of what we're talking about in the beginning. And it also clarifies uh, what kind of savior Jesus was. You know, um, Jesus came sharing stories. He came as an example. He came uh, nurturing. Uh, he came fully submitted and dependent on the Father and on the Spirit. And I think what, what these metaphors... And, you know, true statements in light of the the lies about leadership, they're all just sort of clarifying what it means to follow Jesus. And so I just, yeah, I just think that's really helpful and great. And I just, yeah, as you were sharing, I had this question of, you know, we, we talked about this several years ago. What What's some of the fruit now? You know, like where were, you know, where were you then? And then as you've begun to cast this vision of leadership and kind of combat lies with truth, um, how have you seen leaders flourish or thrive or, or what are, what's the difference there? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, just measuring it numerically. I mean, one of the things that we were struggling with is, is our MCs were just 
were packed, right? I mean, they were like small country churches. I think the time that we talked, Brad, a couple of years ago, I mean, we probably had, you know, every MC, there's only like four MCs, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we and we probably had a hundred and, you know, 50 people between them or something like that and, and were growing and didn't really have any apprentices or anybody, any really sort of didn't look like any of them were on the verge of multiplying. And, yeah. and so now... Um, since that time that we've kind of addressed those misconceptions and, and, and tried to help remind people of the truth of what it means to lead an MC, we, we have been able to multiply out to now we have 11 missional communities. I think there's around 300 and there's like the last count was 308 people in 11 different mm-hmm. missional communities. And uh, those MCs uh, have apprentices and um, there's several of them that are even on the verge of, of multiplying probably within the next three to four months. Hmm. And so um, it's it's been great because what we've discovered here is yeah. as we've been able to multiply healthy missional communities, we've actually had to, uh, you know, in the past we had to we would multiply and we'd bring some back in and we'd have time launching right. others. And so uh, we've just discovered that we've been able to have a lot healthier multiplication. Hmm. Uh, there's been healthier expectations even from the members, right, who go into those yeah. uh, into those missional communities and know what to expect because we're trying to communicate hmm. that vision on the front end. And so. Um, yeah, it's, it's just allowed us to open up space for more people to, to come in and be discipled in the context of of the missional community and, and reach and connect with more people in our city as a result. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's so exciting. And yeah, so much fruit from the gospel. I love hearing about that and love hearing how, yeah, just how much clarity actually sometimes gets rid of a lot of the the weeds you know, and, and people are able to like see where God is leading them and walk in that. Um, I think, yeah, maybe one question or, or one aspect that, that people might be left with is, okay, so that's what, a you know, those metaphors are really great. Uh, those true statements are really great about what a leader is, but then what do they actually tangibly have to do? Um, what do they need to experience to actually live into those roles? And so I guess, you know, first I can you know, just jump in and say, uh, you know, the metaphors kind of help you understand where you need to be equipped. So uh, do you need to learn and grow how to be an example that demonstrates a love for Jesus, repentance, faith, all of those things? Uh, Do you need to grow as a person who can delegate and not control uh, do you need to grow as, as someone who can be vulnerable with your pastors and your coaches so that you can experience personal growth? And so I think what they, it, as you hear those, if, if you're considering a leader, being leader or you are a leader, just think, um, man, that, that one thing about being a catalyst or being a gardener, I don't understand that. I need to, I need to grow in that. Then that sort of just becomes your personal preparation plan. Uh, and there's a lot of resources on Saturate on how to how to grow in those areas. And, and you can definitely reach out to to us on social media to figure that out. Um, and so that that it's I think that the, the the personal plan becomes pretty easy. The other thing, though, that I think still is fuzzy, Jared, is what do I actually have to do or how much time does this take? Uh, clarity on that also paves the way for more leaders too. So mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if you can kind of touch on, well then, yeah, how much time does all this really take? Yes. I think that somewhat depends on the season of life that you're in possibly. But for me and my wife, we've discovered that leading the missional community takes roughly about a couple hours a week. And so that includes 
you know, praying for our people, um, prepping, you know, myself, you know, prepping for discussions whenever I'm leading, um, communicating to folks on like times and dates, things like that, Mm -hmm. uh, that are necessary at times. And then of course, helping to lead out in the mission. And so leading an MC, I mean, it, it, it it does take take some time, right? It does. If you're going to lead a missional community, there are some things you're going to have to remove probably from Mm -hmm. your schedule. Um, some other things you're going to add onto your schedule, but yeah. in a lot of ways, I look at that kind of like whenever you have kids, you know, I mean, like before you have kids, you're like, there's no way we would have enough time to ever raise children, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and then um, yeah. you look back and, and you're even like, wow, like actually, what did we do with all that time we had before children? And the answer is you, you probably just wasted a lot of it, honestly, on stuff that really is not going to matter at all in the end. And so lead a missional community. Like, I think it's important to say, like, it is going to take some more time. There's going to be some sacrifice involved in this. But honestly, I think like the time that it takes, at least for my wife and I, like, and the MC leaders that I talk to, like, they'll lead a missional community is hard and it's messy. And, and you certainly need the power of the Holy Spirit to, to pull this off. Like, none of us really miss the time that we had before. In fact, we can't even go back and, and, and just like with kids, think about like what we're even spending that time on. Mm -hmm. And so I was just talking with Adam, one of our pastors on, uh, yesterday it was, and I was like, man, can you imagine how boring life would be, um, without Mm -hmm. leading a missional community, without making disciples? Because the truth is like Netflix gets old after a while. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and I, and I'm totally looking forward to stranger things season two, but (laughs) That stuff just gets old after a while, right? And and yeah. cruising through Twitter mindlessly through Instagram, coveting other people's lives, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It, so it's it, yeah, it is hard. It is a sacrifice. It is messy. It's it sometimes can be frustrating. But um, for us, yeah. we've experienced about two hours a week, and, and we certainly haven't missed that that time that we were given to something else before. Yeah, no, that's that's such a good word, and and so deeply encouraging. And I, I think that it's exactly right. I mean, it, it does depend on season of, you know, life and what's going on in a community. But generally speaking, it does. Like you said, it's it's just a couple hours more a week than what you would be doing as a normal disciple of Jesus. Um, you know, serving, caring for, being with other people. Hmm. Uh, and I think, yeah, if, if you don't want to do that other stuff, then, yeah, jumping from you know, not being life on life, life in community, life on mission straight to I'm going to lead people in that is going to feel like you just added a whole bunch of stuff into your life. But yeah. if you're already, you know, living that way with others in community to add that layer of leadership is is just, you know, basically choosing between, yeah, am I going to aimlessly watch Netflix or not? Maybe, you know, am I going to miss a couple shows? Um, am I going to yeah, wake up a little bit earlier, all of that. So, or am I going to use my time at the gym differently? You know, maybe instead of being on the elliptical, uh, listening to this podcast, uh, you're on the elliptical and you're praying by name for the people in your community and trying to listen to the spirit. So it is, there's, there's adjustments. So I love how you put that. Um, I think, yeah, I think we've, probably not covered everything that there is to know about being a leader of a community or or demystifying it but we've done a good job today jared i think and uh in 30 minutes or so and just want to point people to a few things uh saturate just released a leader's cheat sheet it's just a one-page document you can download that has 
all the stuff that you really just need to remember. Uh, you can also get on Saturate and look for, uh, you know, personal assessments so that you can kind of evaluate, are you ready to lead or, or what sort of things do you need to grow in? You can also find a leadership development plan. Uh, and the site's pretty easy. We just updated it. There's a little mirror glass in the upper right hand corner. You can click on it and type that stuff in and it pops up. So the site works great. And if you guys like the podcast, you know, give us a rating on iTunes, leave us a review. Uh, that way, uh, we can help people find the podcast. And also, uh, Jared and I love to feel like we're doing <laughs> good and feel good about ourselves. Man. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to put comments about how funny our jokes are or, you know, how calming our voices are, that that's pretty great too. That's what it's all about. <laughs> that is. Thanks for joining the conversation today, Jared. And thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.